We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Pacer Nation, happy Wednesday to you. Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast, setting the pace, and we have got a fun one for you today. Fachi, tell the people what we're doing. Well, as we know, it is the holiday season, so I thought it's only right to, you know, leave out some milk and cookies and get that Christmas wish list going. I think right now we've seen through 25 games in the season, there is still a lot to be desired. Let's see if Santa could bring us some of the things on our list for this Indiana Pacers team. Yeah, and Santa might even have to, you know, get the Easter bunny to help him deliver some of the problems the Pacers need help with. But, you know, we also have our Fan of the Week trivia segment coming back this week, uh, making its return. We had a very competitive uh, round of trivia. Actually, this one went to a tiebreaker that was almost determined, I think was actually determined by a technicality, Faji. So it was. Th- things that, were intense. It was intense. But, you know, before we even jump into our Christmas wish list song, I was going to text you and say, go ahead and be prepared for this. But I thought, nah, I'm just going to put you on the spot. It's a little more fun to see you kind of respond oh. in the on the spot here, Faji. Oh, man, but, what do we got here? You know I love a good list, right? But I'm also, I'm also interested in a Mount Rushmore of Christmas songs. Do you have, like... What are your what are your go to Christmas songs? Don't tell me you don't like Christmas music. I, I I like it, but I'm not good with like um like names of songs. I mean, well, and obviously, you know, look, you know, uh, Police Navidad is that one of your favorites? Well, I mean, it, it, yeah, I I wouldn't say it's my favorite. You, you know, seem like a you Police got Navidad kind of guy. Know, Police Navidad. I mean, look, I mean, I'm not gonna knock it. It is a classic. It's hard to come up with classic. Christmas music nowadays, I feel like a lot of it is uh, is the old old music. So you know, I mean, you got what some some Frank Sinatra out there for some of the the older songs. I mean, obviously, uh, what's her name, 
Mariah Carey's got got the the, the Christmas song. All I song, want for you Christmas know, is you. All I want for Christmas. I mean that that's a staple on a Mount Rushmore. Okay, uh, it's it's got to be. Um, then uh, you know, I mean, well, since you're a Swifty, you had to have on Christmas Tree Farm by Taylor Swift. I mean, calling me a Swifty is is a, is a little. You're, you're, I, mar- you're into I, the family, I'm man. There's no married way. to a Swifty. The Swifts were babe. You have to have Christmas Tree Farm on yours. Okay. All right. All right. What are some of the other names of some of the classic ones? You know, please come home from uh, please come home for Christmas by the Eagles is pretty classic. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, rocking around the Christmas tree. You know, have a holly jolly Christmas. Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, I like I like Let It Snow by Boys to Men. Give me a little R and B action here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, you like that, that one. You know that nice. one. I do, I do, I do know a little bit of that one. Little but, Fresh uh, Prince for you when Will Smith kind of goes in the studio and he's like singing with the guys, and then they realize that he was a punk from back in Philly. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, kind of going was, back to my late early nineties there, but that's a good song. I mean, I like some of the new one, Santa Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. You like that one? Ah, uh, no. You know what? I really don't like Ariana Grande. I really don't. Sure. Ariana Grande, whatever you want to say. Yeah, but she runs me wrong. She runs me wrong. I don't know. I feel like she was just in and out of all these relationships, but felt like every year. Honestly, kind of seemed like a home record to me, to be honest. I feel well, like there was you going to say the same scandal. thing about Taylor Swift? No, no, not really. No, <laughs> I, I come like, on this podcast and call Ariana Grande a home record. I mean, I didn't intend to. I talk, I came on here to talk Pacer basketball. Now I'm talking about Ariana Grande and her relationships. I have no idea about this curveball I've gotten hit with. So, <laughs> you know, I wasn't prepared for this. I'm just going to say I'm not an Ariana Grande guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is the best content. Whenever I get Fachi <laughs> on the spot, I love it. It's so fun, man. I mean, oh, you, man. Who, where else are you going to get Ariana Grande commentary like this, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, I'm I- telling you what. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm Mr. Pop Culture or the guy to comment on, you know, uh, <laughs> celebrities' relationships, but it, she's just not my cup of tea. Not his cup of tea. Well, she is definitely my cup of tea with how okay. she sings and how she looks. I'm just, I'm not going to lie, man. No cap there. But nothing uh, wrong with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, if she wanted to sing to me, I mean, I, I would have no problem with that. And uh, hey, anyway, I'm, very, I'm I'm yep. very happy with my wife. I'm just saying, Ariana Grande, very attractive, but uh. Anyway, let's get to our Christmas wish list here in terms of the Pacers. And we obviously have a, a lot here to wish for with this Pacers team. You know, started off feeling pretty good about where this team was heading. And then it's been a rough stretch. Four-game losing streak as we're recording this. Have a chance to stop that against the Hornets tonight, which we'll be back to recap after this uh, after this episode. We'll have that for you Thursday morning. But, Pachi, go ahead and give me one of the uh, things you have on your Christmas wish list. Wondering if I start off with my biggest ask of all, or if I start a little bit small here and work my way up. Work I mean, your what way do you up, want? and then the... let Santa okay. knows which one's number one, but the listeners don't know that. So let's just work with my right. three so, for the listeners. I'm going to pull out of the stocking for now. I want, I want this gift. I don't want it to be my main gift, so I'm going to dip yeah. into the stocking. I'm going with a clean bill of health for Andrew Nimhart. From the off season to now, Nimhart has been in and out of the lineup. Essentially, it feels that. He has been nowhere near as effective as everybody hoped for and anticipated. Coming off of last season, there was big expectations for Nemhart. He's played in 17 of the 25 games, but it feels like he's missed way more than that because he just truly hasn't been himself. His defense is very much needed 
on this Pacers team. And Alex, the last time we saw him playing D, he was locking up Damian Lillard uh, in that in-season tournament game. I mean, yeah. you talked about it on there. He had stopped Lillard on, on, you know, quite a few possessions in a row while also going four for four at the time before he hurt his knee on that basket. But also coming into this year, we, you and I and many other Pacer fans were labeling him as one of the better backup point guards in the league. Some were even saying I wouldn't throw him in trades because it felt that his future was that bright. I still think his future is extremely bright. I just feel that this year he has just not had like a week or two where he is you know, fully unleashed. The role has obviously been minimized. We need the guy that we saw last year, and that's why, for number one, my ask, a clean bill of health for Andrew Nimhart. No, I love that one. I didn't have that on my wish list, so I'm glad that you did. Andrew Nimhart, I think, is a huge part of this Pacers team. Even though he's not shot the ball particularly well this year, I feel like a lot of guys' shooting numbers have been down this year, and it's kind of weird to say that considering that we are the number one scoring team in the NBA at this point. Still putting up a lot of points, but our numbers have been kind of all over the place with these guys. It's just been a, a mixed bag of inconsistency, but yeah, I, I would love to see him there. And you talked about it that game against the Bucks. He held Damian Lillard, you know, for 12 minutes straight with only one basket, and that one basket came on the injured the play he got injured on. So you, you can't really deny how how impactful he was in that game. And I think you can kind of tell how he has been missed, even though people love them some TJ McConnell limitations with McConnell, and you know McConnell yes. brings some some good things to the table. Don't get me wrong, but he also can be a, a bit of a of a mismatch for the Pacers in terms of how they're trying to defend and who they're trying to play against. But for me, Fachi, number one on my Christmas wish list, not number one, but number three for me, but as we're working our way up, I have Jairus Walker to play more. I, I saw enough in that game against Minnesota, a team that's loaded with bigs, to say, okay, the Pacers had to play him out of necessity, and he didn't look like he was getting too you know flustered. We talked about this in our recap of that game. I just, I, I just think that at this point, I understand they they sent him down to the G League, you know, showcase in Orlando, trying to help the Mad Ants get some wins. And uh, there is, I think, some prize money that comes for the teams that win and advance each round, like a hundred thousand dollars. I think was up for grabs in this game. So I understand why they were trying to do that, get him some development. But like against the Clippers, obviously they got blown out. That could have been a great game for him to get some minutes and go up against guys like Jarris, uh, excuse me, Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George. But I just think at this point, the Pacers' lack of a of a true defensive four or three, really. I mean, Neesmith is still pretty small for a, a three, six foot five. I mean, he can do it, but like for a forward position, besides Obi Top and the Pacers have nobody that can play defense besides Jarris Walker at that position. And I think that it's time to kind of allow him to to fail and, and learn how to play that position in a backup role and continue to give him opportunities to showcase why he is, you know, the eighth overall pick in the draft and someone they, they really wanted to invest in. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, the majority of Pacer fans, I'd say even NBA fans, didn't even know the G League showcase, the G League winner showcase yeah. was even happening. So when you look at how thin this Pacers team was, this was the perfect game against the Clippers for Jarris Walker to be able to get extended time with the Pacers were really shy on bigs. I love this, you know, item so much on the Christmas wish list. I hope it's not sold out because it's my next ask. I am in complete agreement with you. Oh, wow. Consistent playing time and development for Jarris Walker. I'll tell you why. Look, it's easier said than done. How are we going to find the minutes? 
I don't know, but you got to figure it out, Rick. That's why you're such a great coach. You, you got to be able to find 10 minutes per night for, for Jairus Walker. Because here's the thing. The draft pick itself, eighth overall pick, originally seventh before the Pacers traded back, that pick in itself could have been traded to lure in a more established player. Or that pick could have been used on someone else. Currently, Bilal Koulibaly looks nice, and maybe long-term could could have been, uh, I don't know, a better prospect. But we can't for sure say that because Jairus Walker has not had the opportunity to showcase his talents. What mm -hmm. I can tell you is this Pacers team has been absolutely horrific defensively, and Jairus Walker was looked at as one of the best defensive prospects in this draft. Then also, you know, I keep that shovel on me, Alex. I did some research, and I thought, hmm, I love what's it. an avenue where the Pacers are really slacking in? Rebounding. They pulled the second-fewest rebounds in the league ahead of only the Washington Wizards. Let's go through some rebounding numbers on this team. Miles Turner leads the Pacers with 7.8 rebounds per game. That ranks 36th in the NBA. Second most on the Pacers is Jalen Smith with 5.5 rebounds per game. If I was to even bring up our third leading rebounder, it's Isaiah Jackson with 4.7 rebounds per game. This can't happen. Jalen Smith, his 5.5 rebounds, is ranked 84th in the league. And look, we know he's not playing that many minutes. It's to show that the Pacers as a team are not rebounding well. Their bigs... Collectively, if you average them out, I mean, essentially they're averaging about six rebounds per game between the three of them of just what they would average. Turner at 7.8, Jalen at 5.5, Isaiah Jackson at 4.7. It's just not enough when there's players in this league that are pulling down you know, 10, 12, 13 rebounds per game. Jarris Walker feels like someone that could assist on the glass. He's got the seven foot three wingspan to prove for it. I, I just feel that you got to find an opportunity to give Josh Walker more playing time. You're 25 games into the season. He has not had that. Yeah, he's got great feel for the game, and you can kind of see that when he's out there. He's got good, you know, he's got good passing skills as well, high basketball IQ. Definitely. So I think that, you know, rebounding for him won't be as challenging as it is for other people. Like we saw in the summer league, how he was just incredibly active going after the ball on the glass. And I feel like he's kind of quick to it as well, where Turner is not that way at all. And he's kind of just like, oh, let me stand around and, and kind of box out and hope I get the ball. You don't really just go see Turner grab rebounds with force a lot of times. It's very random when he does that. I will say Isaiah Jackson can be like that, but he's also just very inconsistent. And he ball watches a lot. There was a play that I, that I brought up on last episode where I just – want to bring it up again. Isaiah Jackson is like watching James Harden shoot a three. And I think James Harden ends up missing the three, but because he's watching him down low, uh, Zubach is able to get into position, box him out, get the rebound. And then Isaiah Jackson got called for the foul and it was an aim one opportunity for Zubach. And it's like, okay, little things like that are important. And then Jalen Smith, I mean, he's actually rebounded the ball pretty well. He does. But the minutes, the minutes per game just aren't there. So if he was averaging close to 25, 30 minutes a game, I guarantee he'd be closer to 10 rebounds. So, yeah, the, Jairus Walker could definitely help on the glass and be more of an individual rebounder and get those stats up. But, yeah, I just – I just there's so many things that he can bring to the table that we need. And it's like I understand, like, he might not be as ready, and I'm and I'm not going to deny the, the, the fact that the Pacers feel more comfortable with some veteran – not veteran, but guys with more experience at this point. But 
at the same time, have you really seen that much from Obi Toppin that makes you feel like, oh, I can't play Jarrus 10 minutes a game? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. And I just think that at some point you have to realize the investment that comes with the eighth overall pick. I mean, yeah. that is truly, you know, a, a player that you have major, major hopes for. And I think the Pacers aren't a good enough team to say, you know what, it's just not going to be this year, but stay ready. This is a team that it's, you don't know where they're going to finish up, but you do imagine that it's probably between – Seven to ten, somewhere in there. It, it, there's a good chance that's where they finish in that range, and that's not good enough to say. You know what? Our eighth overall pick just really isn't going to see more than a handful of minutes here or there. Yeah, for sure, Pachi. So I'll move over to my number two uh, quickly here. I've actually changed my number two oh. <laughs> like three times because I didn't know which one to go with. So I'm just going to go with the one that I feel like I need to bring up, and it's it's one that I think we can we're going to probably talk about more. But that's just. Can we please improve on defense? Can can we please just have Santa drop off some magic defensive pills that just make us like, you know, just like two points better defensively? Because my goodness, this team can't stop a nosebleed. I haven't seen a worse defense in my lifetime watching the Pacers, and that's nope. hard to say. I thought last year was bad. This year's even worse. And they actually went out there and tried to make some defensive moves in the offseason, and it's taken a step back. And I know they changed their scheme and whatever, but it's just ridiculous. They literally have no defensive efforts whatsoever. Like whenever we've seen it, it was it's been hit or miss when we've seen it. When they're locked in defensively, it's great. But Tyrese Halliburton, man, as great as he is offensively, he is so weak defensively. And just sometimes he doesn't even try. I mean, he's just like a screen door. I don't know how many times guys just drive right by the Pacers, get to the basket without even you know, anybody stepping up to play help side without guys just being able to handle their man on the perimeter. I just feel like from top to bottom, our defense has just flat out sucked this year. And I don't even know where we rank at defensively right now. I think we were at the in the bottom five the last time I checked. Uh, Might have been 29th yeah. at one point, but. I, I mean, we're not getting out of that bottom five. I mean, it's either we're left like past or times. So. Right now, while I'm looking at it, we give up 127 points per game. That is last yep. in the NBA. Last year was bad, but it was 119 and a half. I'm sorry. If the Pacers are giving up seven and a half less points this year, they are a very good team. Yeah, they're so, probably they're probably what? Instead of 13 and 12, maybe it's gotta be three wins, I think. Yeah, I think so it's sixteen be. and sixteen and nine. That feels about right. Feels good to me. I mean, that may, that makes a big difference. And your point on Tyrese, I think all of us Pacer fans are probably a little bit guilty of giving him a major pass on defense because he is so talented offensively, and the things that he does, very very few, maybe even no one can really do. I mean, in, in a lot of categories, it's him and Jokic uh, in terms of you know passing and, and the, the points that they create. For others, but defensively, it, it is it is an issue. And this is someone that definitely was making it seem like he was going to get better defensively. Was saying, "I got to lead by example." Those were definitely Tyrese's words. And I just feel like right now, this Pacers team they can't even get the timely stops. It's not even a stop here or there. It just feels like they're not getting stops. There are teams in this league that are giving up. I mean, the Boston Celtics are giving up 108 and a half points per game. That's 19 points less than us. The Timberwolves are giving up 22 less 
points per game. That is insane. Yeah. So I, I just feel we have major problems. And to your point, all offseason, the defense, it was known. What do we need to get better at? Defense, defense. That's what we're emphasizing. That's that's it's what you drafted Jarrett Walker for. That's what you brought in Bruce Brown for. I don't know how it got worse. Yeah. So I, I'm in I'm in complete agreement with you. That that's it's got to be on the list. Yeah, and I mean for the longest time, whenever we had the Sabonis versus Turner conversations, it was like always, oh, you got to get rid of Sabonis because he's not a good defender. Turner's such a great defender. Turner's a great All NBA defensive kind of guy, and Turner's even talked about how he wants to be that. I don't really feel like he's taken a step forward defensively this year. I feel like he has regressed as a defender. I'm not saying that Sabonis is a good defender by any stretch no, of the means. No, no saying that. Yeah. But Sabonis, I mean, I, I think that if the Pacers were trying to play a high offensive type of game like Sacramento did last year, they would be in much better hands with Sabonis at the center than, than Turner trying to play their offensive style and just going all in offensively. I know he's not a great shooter, but his ability to just – catch and set screens and just dribble handoffs and, you know, just be effective around the rim would be huge. But like Turner this year is just not shooting the basketball well whatsoever. And defensively, I, I can't say it enough. He just, he feels like he is stuck in the mud too often. And I, I just, I have not seen the same Turner I saw last season. I, I will say that. I feel like he has regressed. He, he has regressed. Last year, he took a step back from like a rim protection standpoint. This year, I don't have the numbers in front of me or, or what it is, but it doesn't feel that two it's Two blocks better. a game. It, two blocks a game, I mean, I get it, but sometimes it's even like that doesn't paint the full picture because now you might have blocked two possessions. But like, what about all the other ones? So you can't ask someone. No one's going to average six, five blocks. That, that's not going to happen. But I, I just feel that there's got to be – Either it's better rim protection, it's being a little bit quicker, or it's being a better rebounder. I know it's a lot to put on him because his Pacers team is not playing defense. But And I'm not trying to start up a whole Sabonis versus Turner debate either. But at least with Sabonis, you know you're getting 12 rebounds per game. He's done that for, I think it was the last six or seven seasons. Right now, this Pacers team for miles, I feel that he has plateaued at, you know, seven and a half rebounds. Mm -hmm. So it, it's hurting the Pacers, but... Defensively, overall, as a unit, they, they all, for the most part, have problems. I feel that Aaron Neesmith, night in, night out, is giving you everything he's got. I have no knock on Aaron Neesmith at all. But for, for just about every other pacer, I think there's, there's some nights that you're like, he was terrible, you yeah. know, and it, it's been tough to watch. So, yeah, yeah, defensively, anything you can ask for. I mean, it's almost like – Hey, if you're sold out of this, could you get me this? Could you get? I'll I'll take a timely stop. I'll take yeah. a stop. I'll take anything. What can we do? But yeah, we're giving up. The Clippers scored 151 points. They've now we've let up 150 plus points three times this year. We played 25 games. That means every eight games, basically, we're giving up 150 points. There's essentially four games a week. That means every other week we're giving up 150 <laughs> points to someone. That is insane. You should give up 150 once Twice every year, couple. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Once a year, once every two years, not every two weeks. Yeah. So, hey, I'll go <laughs> on to my next uh, before I you know turn red in the face and I'm ranting. But for for my big my 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 big present, you know, without saying anything about you know just fixing the defense, it's. Could we get that two-way wing? It's yep. like 
I feel like it's been sold out for years. I mean, we're on the wait list. It's not a wish list. It's a wait list. We've been waiting ever since Paul George left town. But they absolutely don't grow on trees. They're extremely rare. And you don't know where you're going to find them. But for the last couple of years, there's been the whispers. What about OG? What about him? You know, could it be that guy? Could it be the answer? You know, you're not, you know. You know where to limit it. It's not going to be Kawhi Leonard. He's not, he's not coming. You know, Paul George, get it out of your head. At this point, he's older. It's just not going to happen. But to ask Aaron Neesmith to do anything more than what he's doing right now is, is almost like – it's almost offensive. You know, this man's giving you everything he's got, but I I just feel that he's taking his game to the next level, but you need a player that has the potential to maybe be an all-star, being a two-way player. The Pacers have a lot of players that are doing one thing well, not two. You know, maybe Buddy scores a lot. He's given up a lot. Tyree scores a lot, creates a lot of points. He's given up a lot. There, there's Aaron Eastman can play a lot of defense. He maybe give you about 15 or so. Great. But you've posted the stats. The Pacers are getting absolutely destroyed by what feels like any player that's 6'8 and above that's a talented wing in this league. I mean, it's bad. There's been five, I think it's five times this year a player has scored 50 points in the NBA, and three of them were against the Indiana Pacers. Two of them was Giannis, one was Tyrese Maxey. I know he's not a 6'8 player, but it just shows that it's like we need someone that can get stops and still give us 15 to 20. That's my major ask. Yeah, I mean, I had the same thing. Uh, a two-way wing with size, and then I put in all capital letters, please. I mean, yeah, please. this has been an issue. I mean, if you go back and think about it, they traded for Thad Young when they had Paul George on the roster. That's probably your best defensive 3-4 they've had all decade long, potentially. I mean, yeah, I know Paul and David West, but that was a totally different type of defense there. So, you know, David West was an okay defender in his you know own right, but I would say Thad Young probably a little bit more versatile. You lose Paul yeah. George, you get Bowie on. And Bojan grew as a defender, but he was not a good defender when he came here. So it was just kind of like a, a Dan Burke specialty where he made him at least somewhat capable. And then once you lose him, you go to TJ Warren, who was pretty solid for one year. And since then, you're masquerading six foot four guards out there as as small forwards trying to figure things out. It's like, I don't understand why they couldn't address it in the draft. They've had four picks in the top 31 the last two years, and they've taken three guards and a power forward. I understand the power forward's pick was a really good one in Jairus Walker. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. That was the right move, and I don't think that, you know, not taking Ben Matherin was the, you know, I think taking Ben Matherin was the right move. I don't think taking him was the wrong move. But I, I look at a Ben Shepard, and I like Ben Shepard. But could you have not gambled a little bit more there on another wing? There was wings available at the time. I mean, OMP, Olivier Maxson's Prosper was right there, just two picks ahead of you. Could you not have tried to get up and get him? You know, I, I feel like they missed opportunities just because they were in love with the shooting of somebody. And I think they kind of fall in love with these guards that are shooters that don't really play defense at a, at a bigger level. And Aaron Neesmith, he has been the second most consistent pacer on this team besides Tyrese Halliburton. Other than that, I, agree. I feel like every single other player has been wildly inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get from anybody on any given night besides those two. And that's why you need to address this and go out there and get that consistent number two player, that two-way wing that's going to help alleviate some of the problems that you have and give you some flexibility. But at this point, 
the Pacers, their uh, their run to the end season tournament championship was a lot of fun. And I know you talked about it. Don't make this the highlight of the year. But with how everything has gone after that, it kind of feels like things are heading that way. And it looks like we're we're on a pathway to being more of a play-in team than a playoff team, which also doesn't feel very good. I don't want to be the guy that peaked in high school. That's what it seems like for the Pacers right now. It's like, oh, you, I don't want to look back at the season and be like, I know, but I don't want to look back and be like, oh, you I'm guys had a nice – Oh yeah, right. And I mean, hey, I got, I, I, you know, I got better as time went on. But look, I don't oh, want to be like, like, oh, trust me. I mean, Amy always says she's always like, I would have never dated you in high school. I always say, babe, I would have scooped you like a ground ball. I would have got you. But you had a look, lot. You would have saved a lot less money, or saved a lot more money, not buying Taylor Swift stuff every month. Very possible. Very possible. But here's the thing, I think that I don't want people to look back on the Pacers. You guys had that awesome run, you know, like late November, early December. It's like, yeah, what, what, what about January, February, March, and April? You know, I'm hoping to play in May. You know, it's like I, I, I want there to be other stuff to look forward to. And right now, this Pacers team, if they don't address something, if they don't change it up, if they don't switch up the rotation, make a trade, address the defense, right now they peaked. And, and I think that it's a problem. And that, that two-way wing, it's just um, – it's something that they need. They need to find it. They need to push the chips in at some point, whether it's this trade deadline or this offseason. It can't go on any further. And yeah. right now, we would be pouring sweat if Aaron Neesmith was not signed and heading into restricted free agency because at that point, it would almost feel like, man, he is going to ask for a lot and he's going to have a lot of suitors. So that is the one thing I am happy. The Pacers got ahead on that. Because where would this team be without his hustle and grind defensively on a team that really isn't playing much defense at all? Yeah, but he's not a two-way wing, and that's the problem. No, no, that's that's, that's the thing. He's it's, a bench guy. And he's, he, and he should be a, He's a bench guy that should start for the Pacers, and that kind of puts everything into perspective. Yes. You know, when he comes in on the bench, you just, like, off the bench, you feel like this, you know, jolt of energy. And I feel like it kind of actually feeds Mathern a little bit to play with him and McConnell because they kind of just play with that, that tenacity that you want to want to see the rest of the guys play with. But, you know, I, I'm not saying that other guys don't play hard, but they play a different type of hard. It's not as, you know, all out. And I, and I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, the Pacers just need more of that, but they, they really need to address a two way wing spot and they need to go out there and make that a priority. And if they have to overpay, then they have to overpay because, that's how you win in the league is having guys that can make shots and defend at a high level. You can't expect Buddy Heald to be your savior on both ends of the floor. If that's what you're hoping for, you are in big trouble. And I don't think the Pacers are relying on that, but that's what they kind of given Rick Carlisle to deal with. And you could say, well, maybe, maybe Rick should play Ben more and, and Buddy Les, and I kind of agree with that. But, you know, at, at the same time, you know, Ben Matherin's just coming off a career high of 34 points against the Clippers. You know, he's he's fine coming off the bench, and I almost feel like he's done a better job off the bench. But I, I just think that this is where you're in a tough spot. Of The pace had early season success. You can't buy into the hype too much. We both were like, you know what, if the opportunity strikes for a two-way player to come available, do it. But at the same time, you have to be strategic with how you go about getting it. But I think at this point, they're going to have to overpay for one, and they need to not keep pushing that to the side 
and just kicking the can down the road because eventually it's going to catch up with them. Eventually down the road is going to be a dead end. They're going to say, oh, you know what? There's nowhere else to go. So I think that right now there's a lot to like about this team, but if you don't make changes to it, eventually it's going to, all it's going to be is just potential. Yeah. Instead of reality. So I'm with you on that. I think that that's, it's, it's gotta be the big ask. And that is really what I'm hoping is under my tree this year. Absolutely. Fachi, that is our Christmas wish list. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring on our fan of the week trivia segment brought to you by Ripple Bagel and Deli. Ripple Bagel and Deli is the home of Indy's original steam bagel sandwich. It's located in the heart of Broad Ripple and they're family owned and operated proudly serving their customers for over 20 years. They pride themselves on quick casual dining with over 100 different steamed bagel sandwich options. It truly is a staple in Indianapolis and a can't miss breakfast and lunch spot. Ripple Bagel and Deli offers a great friends and family atmosphere where you're always welcome to dine in and be a part of the family or feel free to bypass any weight by conveniently ordering and paying for carryout ahead of time at ripplebageldeli.com. Ripple Bagel and Deli also offers best in class catering anytime anywhere with a long list of customers ranging anywhere from law firms to drug reps to several different sports related clients including butler iupui the indianapolis colts and several visiting nfl teams they pride themselves on their ability to satisfy all of your catering needs no matter the occasion or event and will customize your order provide competitive pricing and always deliver on time ripple bagel deli the home of indy's original steam bagel sandwich We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
All right, everybody, we are back for our Fan of the Week and Pacers Trivia segment. We've got Clay, we've got Eric, and these two guys are ready to go head-to-head and take on the crown for the Fan of the Week and, and let everybody know that they know their Pacers Trivia. But we're going to start things off here with Clay. Clay was telling us before we started that he's got two kiddos, three and one, two boys, got his hands full, but he does not allow that to interfere with him watching and being a part of Pacer Nation. So, Clay, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, guys. Uh, welcome. Or thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So, Clay, tell us a little bit about, you know, your background, you know, as a Pacer fan. Man, where do I start? Uh, <laughs> you know, my family has been uh, the Pacers fans most of my life. Um, mainly when I was six years old, around 2000, is when I really started to get into it, really get involved in it. Uh, now I don't miss a single game. Uh, my wife and kids don't miss a single game. And we're watching, you know, Pacers basketball at least three or four times a week, you know, that sort of thing. So it's a very big part of our lives. Uh, my wife and I's first date was a Pacer game. And, you know, we just we follow them just like we would uh, the Colts or, you know, anybody else. So big time fan here. Love it. And uh, I love the fact that, you know, you, you mentioned that you and your wife, your first date was at a Pacer game. And that will really connect the two of you. That way it's not like the Pacers or some – nuisance or anything where you're really like oh could we, could we please watch them again it always helps to have your significant <laughs> other on your side but eric tell us about you know a little bit about yourself and you know your background as a fan of the pacers uh my background started probably about the same it was probably early 2000s i remember watching reggie in the playoffs a lot um and then it kind of took a, a tiny bit of a break when I got busy with, like, sports and stuff. And then high school, I got really back into it again with the uh, Paul George teams. Um, and then now it's it's been even more now that my son is really big into basketball. So we we always watch Pacers games together. Nice. That's, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I got to ask, Clay, how old are you? I'm 29. Eric, how old are you? I'm 30. All right, so we got a 29, a 30-year-old, a 31-year-old, and a 32-year-old. I don't think this is the first time ever that we've had four straight years in a row um, on the pod. So that is really cool, and I think we're all kind of in that same, uh, you know, time frame of when we really got into the Pacers. You know, it's, it's kind of hard when you're younger to really understand what you're doing. You're just kind of following along what your parents are doing. But when you start becoming your own type of fan, it's a totally different dynamic. So I think we're all in the same boat. I'll, I'll be curious to see how you guys, uh, how much you know about your previous, uh, you know, before the 2000s Pacers, because th that was a big time when that team was successful. And, you know, with trivia, that could be part of some of the conversations because today's categories is points. We've also got Pacers and TV shows. And then we've got Mark jackson as a category for today's episode so we're going to start things off with clay clay we're going to start with the category of points do you want Fachi or me to ask you the first question uh you go ahead alex okay cool deal here let's go uh the first question for you is the pacers lowest scoring point total this season is what now there is a hint and the hint is this was the worst loss of the season your options was it a 99 points B, 104 points, or C, 105 points? I'm going to go with 104 points. 104 points is correct, and do you know who that was against? Was it Boston? That is correct. Didn't even yeah. need that one there for you. But uh, Clay <laughs> is on the board with one, Fachi. 
Impressive stuff, Clay. Bonus. If we gave you bonus points, you would have <laughs> got it for for naming the Celtics. So very impressive. All right, now this qu this question is for Eric. The Pacers' highest scoring point total this season is. Now here's the hint. It was an in-season tournament opponent, and here are the three choices. Choice A, 157 points. Choice B, 155 points. Choice C, 151 points. Oh. I, th I think it was 155 points. Final answer? Final answer. That is incorrect. It was 157 points. And the opponent was Atlanta Hawks. That was a very high-scoring game. Very close. Only off by two points. But it was 157. That was the, uh, the most the Patriots have scored this season. So after one round, we have Clay leading one to nothing. All right. We're going to go back to Eric now since he is down 1-0 in this round. And let him pick. Does he want me or Fachi to answer or ask the next question? So, Eric, who would you like to ask the next question? Uh, I'll have you do it, Alex. Okay. So this category is Pacers and TV shows. So that is a little bit of a uh, a tough one here, but I think it's going to be a fun one. So your question, Eric, what former Pacers center competed on the 32nd season of Survivor? Hint. He was known for his different hairstyles in the NBA, such as a mohawk, ponytail, and man bun. Your three options. A, David Harrison, B, Jordan Hill, or C, Scott Pollard. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Scott Pollard. And that's your final answer? Final answer. That is correct. Eric is on the board. Scott Pollard was in Survivor. I, I think he was voted out of like final eight, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't actually seen that season, but Ooh, I did have to cheat a little you made bit. Made it pretty far. Yeah, it was season thirty. It was in the thirties, mid thirties, late thirties. My friend David, so. listening to this, is probably screaming the answer uh, out right now. <laughs> Shout out, David. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't. I didn't watch season yet, so don't don't hate me too much. It was a good one, but moving on to the next question. So we have we are back to Clay. Um, Clay looking for a 2-1 lead over here uh, for the category of Pacers in TV shows. The question is, these two former Pacers appeared on Parks and Rec, a comedy based in the made-up town of Pawnee, Indiana. Uh, okay, now here's the hint before. One was an international player. So we have the choices are A, Rick Smiths and Jalen and Jalen Rose. B. Roy Hibbert and Detlef Schrempf. C. Paul George and Derek McKee. Let's go with Rick Smiths and Jalen Rose. Final answer. Yes, that is incorrect. It is ah. choice B. Roy Hibbert and Detlef Schrempf. We are all tied up here at one to one. We got a little bit of drama on our hands. Yeah, we do, and. Uh... A lot of people remember Roy Hibbert from that show because he was on the team, I believe, when that uh, show was running and he was able to go out there and record some episodes on it. But Detlef Shrimp also, his son was playing at UCLA, and so he was often in, in California and was able to be on the show. They were trying to go after maybe get Larry Bird, but they thought Larry Bird's not going to do this show, so let's get another former international Pacer player uh, <laughs> to do it instead. And they thought, well, another white guy that shot the ball pretty well for the Pacers. <laughs> 
uh, Dellavedova. Shrub. Obviously, Larry didn't play for the Pacers. Everybody knows that, but he was tied mm-hmm. to the organization as a someone in the front office at that time. But we are locked, like you said, Fachi, at two to two. And so our final category is Mark Jackson. Clay, we're going to go back to you. Who do you want to ask the question for you? Uh, let's go, Fachi. All right, all right. Fachi. So here, here we go. We got for Mark Jackson as a category. What team did the Pacers first acquire Mark Jackson from? So there are four choices for this one. Choice A, the Los Angeles Clippers. Choice B, the New York Knicks. Choice C, the San Antonio Spurs. Or choice D, the Toronto Raptors. There is no hint. Okay. Uh, LA Clippers. Final answer? Final answer. That is correct. Nice. Indiana traded Pooh yeah. Richardson, Malik Seeley, and the draft rights to Eric uh, Pratowski. Uh, that's, that's a tough yeah. little one to pronounce, but I believe I got yeah. it right. So yeah. uh, great, great answer because everybody always remembers Mark Jackson as a Nick. But yes. that was not who we traded with in the scenario. So, you know, great stuff. So, Clay, you take a lead right now of yeah. two to one. And, uh, Eric, the pressure is on for you. Let's see what you got. All right, Eric, I'm going two for O right now with you guys answering the questions correctly when I ask. So let's keep it undefeated here because we need it. The Pacers can't win a game right now, but we're going to be able to win some trivia here. So speaking of Mark Jackson, the Pacers traded Mark Jackson away to acquire this young player. Who was it? Was it A, Al Harrington, B, Jermaine O'Neal, C, Jalen Rose, or D, Jonathan Bender? Oh, man. You want me to reread the answers or the, the options for you? Yeah, reread them one more time. Yeah, so your first option is A, Al Harrington, B, Jermaine O'Neal, C, Jalen Rose, or D, Jonathan Bender. I'm going to go Jalen Rose. Final answer? Final answer. That is correct. The Indiana Pacers traded Mark Jackson for Jalen Rose, but later reacquired Jackson before the deadline after realizing they missed Jackson as their starting point guard. So that was one of those ones, you know, Al Harrington was drafted by the Pacers, so was Bender, and then Jermaine O'Neal was traded uh, from Portland. So process of elimination there for you. So we are at a tiebreaker here, Fachi. We are. Things are getting very interesting. I'd say this is one of our more competitive rounds of trivia. So, Alex, do you want to... uh... Handle the tiebreaker. Yeah, so I've already told our contestants here to go ahead and get a pen and paper ready. Fachi is going to be our timekeeper here, and he's going to get 10 seconds on the clock. I think 10 is good for this one just because we're trying to break a tie here. So um, you guys ready for the question? Yep, yes. ready for the question. All right. So I did not give the guys a heads up on what the category would be for this one. I did give them a heads up for the previous three. So your category is uh, the Big 12. And you're going to write down as many Pacers currently on the roster who played for a college in the Big 12. All right? And you're going to have 10 seconds to do this. You ready? Yep. Three. Yep. Two. One. Go. Time is up. Stop. All right, Clay, how many names did you get? 
I got, well, I got two of them. You got but two. I was starting okay. to write one more. Miles <laughs> okay. Turner, Buddy, and uh, what, what are those couple letters over there? <laughs> Ken, Kendall Brown. Would be okay, okay, so well, maybe that could be a tiebreaker for a two and a half. We'll see. Well, Eric, you definitely Eric, have what two. Did you have? I had two. Oh. What did you have? <laughs> I had Miles and I have uh, Jairus Walker. Okay, so technically, um, we're going to have to give Clay the win here because yeah. last year, Jairus Walker played for Houston, who is now in the Big 12, but oh, they yeah. were not in the Big 12 last year. They were in the American Conference. So he is actually not someone that played in the Big 12, unfortunately. The five players on the roster, Fachi, that played in the Big 12 are who? So the five that we got is, which was interesting, this man was left out. Tyrese Albert, Iowa State. You got Miles Turner, yeah. Texas. Buddy Heald at Oklahoma. The one that could have been tricky, Oscar Sheebway, played two years at West Virginia before transferring to Kentucky. And then mm -hmm. Kendall Brown at Baylor, which Clay was in the process of uh, typing out, I think, three letters. So, <laughs> uh, you know, interesting stuff. But this was a very competitive game of uh trivia it came down to the wire i think you know even a, a technicality of houston not being in the big 12 while jairus walker play there that shows how intense this round was so i want to give the both of you a major shout out you guys know your pacers trivia so you know eric clay very impressive stuff thank you thank you very much all right thanks for having me yeah and just to kind of close things out, I don't, I hate to do this because obviously it's just trivia, and when somebody loses, you know, they might not be able to come back on for a little bit for uh, some trivia. But, Eric, you know, just kind of talk us through what you've noticed from the Pacers this season and maybe give us a hot take. Um, I, I really think we need another. Like, I really want uh, Benedict Matherin to be the number two, but I, I don't think he's ready yet. I think we need another guy. Um, so I, I would say my hot take would be we trade for a major number two, actually, that the trade deadline this year. Who, who do you mm -hmm. want to go after? What player? I would, I would, I would be okay with either of uh, Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi. Any any interest cool. in Kyle Anderson? <laughs> <He's> just <laughs> so good, yeah, it's just. This guy's got some jokes up his sleeve. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to ignore that one. I'm with you, OG or Siakam. Y you really can't go wrong if you're looking to make a splash and, you know, boost this team up. But, Clay, same question for you. Obviously, we, we will be having you back to defend, you know, your uh, you know your winning or whatever you want to call it for trivia in the tournament. But tell us, you know, what have you noticed about this team and what is a hot take of yours? Well, our offense is pretty strong, I feel like. Uh, I think we got that down for the most part as long as we are making shots. Defense, defense, defense is the key. And, I mean, we've noticed it tonight. It's like when the Clippers, you know, torched us and with the James Harden and Paul George and, you know, just the whole scenario. We can't have guys scoring 150 points a game. It's just not, we're not – it's not going to, you know, happen. I feel like me personally, we need to get – uh, more into the rotation. I mean, see more like Jordan Wara, Jarris Walker, see guys coming in instead of, you know, having other guys that are burnt out. Because I feel like the last, you know, week or two that they've been burnt out, especially with the in-season tournament and with, you know, 
the road, the uh, games on the road going on. I just feel like they're tired. And I, I feel like they need more guys coming in off the bench and seeing and see if they can hit shots. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that with having a deep team like they have, it, it wouldn't hurt to maybe give guys a, a night off or two. I think Tyrese Halliburton looked exhausted against the Clippers. He did. And yeah. so, you know, he's obviously coming off that injury that he sustained in Washington and didn't play Saturday, but still, it's just been a long couple of weeks for him. And those first game back after a road trip like that, it's always tough. And then you're playing one of the hottest teams in the Clippers as well. I mean, it was just, a, it was just, you know, a scheduled loss almost in, in a sense, but, yeah. you know, they, they still have to be better. And I agree with you, Clay. I mean, it just, it comes down to, Mind over matter, and how much do you want to play? I mean, you can only do so much when you're trotting out six foot four guards to defend six foot nine power forwards and small forwards. I mean, that Rick Carlisle can only do so much. I yeah. think the front office has to stop trying to, you know, put band aids on, on on issues and, and really try to fix the hole instead of trying to band aid everything every single season and just go season to season. They really need to address that and. I think they know that it's just a lot easier said than done uh, because wings are highly coveted and it's hard to get them and you're going to pay a pretty penny for them. But like, you know, what time, like you said, Eric, what time are they going to do that? Is it going to be at the deadline? Because I I think that they are a little bit more desperate Fachi to kind of make a move. I agree. I think you both made fantastic points between needing to get this team better in terms of addressing it as a trade and, then Clay, I mean, this team—they look exhausted. The 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 highs that came from that in-season tournament, I think, really just kind of burnt them out a bit. And I think that you could see they're having trouble getting up for the games against Washington and and you know the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks took that game so intensely against the Pacers that I just feel like the Pacers weren't able to answer the bell. And then on a night like tonight. This was probably, you don't want to say the worst Tyrese Halliburton we've seen, but this is a Tyrese that would have been better resting for one more game and being able to have off since, you know, last Friday. So I think that would have done them a little bit of wonders because the schedule is not getting easier. So no. I want to thank the both of you for, for coming back on, uh, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, Clay. Yeah. We look forward to having you back on. And Eric, never say never. We love to have repeat guests. So I look forward to, uh, you know, crossing paths again in the near future. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for having me. This is an awesome podcast. Love listening to you both and love that you guys are real. So appreciate that. Yeah. You guys know how we end the show. So if you're helping the Pacers in this four-game losing streak against the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday night, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers. Let's go Pacers. Let's go Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sleeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Smooth. Mm-hmm.